So is Indiana back to being good? Plus, after the biggest night in women's college basketball of the season, we've got to talk about what happened in the Big Ten. You're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. Jacob Roods with us here from Locked On Hoosiers. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to talk to Jacob about a couple of different things, starting with Indiana basketball. Jacob, this team a few weeks ago, I was saying just straight up wasn't any good. And we knew the talent was there, but now they're back into the win column and quality wins too. Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, these aren't terrible teams. So what has changed for this Indiana team before we dive any deeper into actually how good this team is now? Well, they're defending, which they weren't doing during that that stretch that you talked about. I, I would say a good chunk of this has been the injuries they've had to Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson. The, that losing streak started with Race Thompson going out midway through the first half against Iowa. Mike Woodson said it was kind of a shock to the system losing a, a second starter. It doesn't account for everything that happened in that stretch because it got pretty ugly. But it was a lot of guys having to play into into new roles that they weren't accustomed to and maybe weren't ready for. But they got thrown in the deep end. It got pretty ugly. It, they, uh, it was rock bottom after that Penn State game that they kind of ran them out of the building. And there was players-only meetings. Coach Woodson was uh, meeting with guys and, and just being real truthful to them. And the result has been a response from them that has been encouraging and a joy to see because it, it felt pretty bad there after that Penn state game that this could really spiral out of control. How big was it getting those guys back? Cause it was something I hadn't talked all that much about. It was mentioned of course, when in the losing streak, but as you talked about, it wasn't exactly everything that they were missing with those guys that Indiana was struggling with, but is it a matter just of kind of what you were saying, like comfort, getting guys back to where they wanted to be and where they really fit in playing that you think is what is the most, uh, I guess, thing they're grateful to have back? Yeah, Ray Thompson came back on Sunday. It was very spot minutes. It's He is back, though. They're going to work him back in the lineup. Xavier Johnson, it sounds like, is close. Uh, there still hasn't really been any sort of timeline, but they're – the players are talking about when he comes back, which is different than what they were saying a month ago. It was if he would come back. So it does slot guys into more natural roles. As much as anything, those were IU's two best defenders. Xavier Johnson was their best kind of point of attack defender. Race Thompson was their best interior defender. He defended a lot of the wings and the in the talented forwards. So losing both of those guys within a couple of weeks of each other. Um, that's why the defense took a huge drop. I mean, you can just look at that three game losing streak. It was 91 points, 84 points, 85 points that they allowed. And then you can look at their winning streak where it's 45, 65 and 69 points allowed. So, I mean, it's not as simple as just looking at one stat, but that was the biggest difference is the offense never really went away during that stretch at Penn state game. It was pretty rough. But outside of that, the offense never really went away. It was that they couldn't defend worth anything. So that was the biggest loss that they had when losing Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson. They've had to adjust, and Race Thompson coming back should be a big boost for them. And But other guys had to step up, and that's been the difference in these last three games. Jordan Geronimo kind of stepping into Xavier Johnson's spot. He's been big. 
Trey Galloway and Tamar Bates had really big games against Michigan State. So it's been guys having to step into roles that uh, it took them maybe a little bit to get accustomed to, but they're starting to flourish now, which is a positive sign. So it's getting to a point now where if you're an Indiana fan, you're looking at things as if Indiana is going to go into this tournament with key players having only played maybe a few weeks beforehand after taking these long breaks off because of injury. And if I'm a fan, I'm thinking, okay, that's not really the formula for being able to win the games that you need to go where you need to go in this tournament, right? Like you want guys who have been there the whole year, who have been working things out and are comfortable with where they're at. Like, is that concerning to you? Or is it more that the guys that you're out are experienced guys, so you're hoping they slot back in? Uh, To me, I'm a little bit more worried just because this that starting five of Xavier Johnson, Race Thompson, Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Miller Cop really played one and a half games of consequence. They played that North Carolina game, which they won, and it, I think it was like 10 or 12 minutes into the Kansas game that they played together. And that's been it this season. So there, I mean, there are some concerns about you would have hoped that they could have spent the conference play kind of figuring things out and, and ironing out the issues and be this well-oiled machine. We don't know when Xavier Johnson's going to be back. So we don't really know how much time they're going to have at all with that starting five together. So It'll help to have them back just because, as you said, it's two very experienced guys that are going to know their roles coming back in, but it's the guys kind of playing off of them when you have a freshman guard, when you have other young guys coming off the bench that are, again, going to have to adjust their roles. There are there are some concerns there. So the quicker that they can get them back and healthy and back on the court, the better for Indiana. So the Hoosiers have gotten to a point where the second weekend is once again, hopefully the expectation for them, or at least where they want to get to at the very least right now. Is there any hope starting to peek through again with this winning streak and players starting to come back or get rumored to come back that the Hoosiers can get back to say the top 10 spot that they were at one point in this season or a real true contending team? I I haven't even kind of explored that yet. Yeah. Uh, I, it's It got so bad there that I think a lot of places, I wasn't even looking at bracketology, but a, a lot of places had IU on the bubble and maybe on the mm-hmm. wrong side of it. So it got pretty bad there. That I, I It's hard to imagine right now getting to that point. Now, when you have Trace Jackson Davis and he's playing as well as he is right now, like anything feels possible and you feel like you're going to have a shot against any team that you play right now. But it again it really just depends on how quickly they can get these guys back and reintegrated into the team i still think they have a high ceiling but uh the longer you wait and as you said the less time that they have leading into the in, the big 10 tournament the ncaa tournament the more questions you're going to have about it and it, it's it's been a wild ride it, it, i can't believe that we have another month plus left of the big 10 season because it has been up and down for indiana this year 
We'll get back to Jacob in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs can get you to the candidates that you want to talk to for your open position faster. It's LinkedIn, so it's the biggest professional social network in the world. And if you want to get to the most people out there and the most qualified ones, LinkedIn knows how to put those people in front of you. If you head on over to linkedin.com slash locked on college, you can post your job for free. It's really that easy. Go over to linkedin.com slash locked on college to see what I'm talking about. You can find the right candidate for your job as quickly as by tomorrow. It's that easy to do. Just go over to linkedin.com slash locked on college to get everything that you need to get started and to find the perfect person for your open position. One more time, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Jacob Rude with us here from Locked On Hoosiers, here to talk with us Indiana basketball and also the women's side of the game, which has maybe never been better in the mm -hmm. Big Ten. And I feel like that's something that You've been telling me since I really took over the show, it's continuing to just go on up, David, or Jacob. Yep. Uh, this is a really, really good conference. In the latest AP poll, five out of the top 13 teams come in the Big Ten. Four of them played each other on Monday, and Caitlin Clark is the face of women's basketball right now in the college game. She is incredible doing Steph Curry kind of stuff on the highlights. It's outstanding. I mean, Indiana's one of these teams, too that are one of the best in college basketball in the women's game. But I said it yesterday. Now is the time, if you are not watching women's college basketball, that you should be watching it if you're a Big Ten fan. It's just getting too good to ignore at this point. And I know that you know more about it than I do. Yeah, it's a this is a perfect time if you haven't watched because the first half of Big Ten play didn't really have a lot of these matchups between those ranked teams, and I don't know if they did it intentionally, but the schedule's pretty backloaded with them. Indiana and Iowa, for example, haven't played. IU plays Ohio State. Ohio State was number two before Caitlin Clark happened this week, so we're getting into those really big matchups. Caitlin Clark is phenomenal. Uh, you said Steph Curry thing. She's doing Dwayne Wade things. She was the her and Dwayne Wade are the only ones who have ever had a triple double against a top uh, two opponent, AP top two uh, opponent. And she did that on the road against Ohio state. Mackenzie Holmes for Indiana is right there with her in the big 10 race, consistently 25 and 10 for the Hoosiers this year. And so those two teams right now seem a bit on a collision course, but IU has Ohio state on Thursday and it's going to be a huge game all the same it's a it's such a fun time not just those three teams maryland is always there they're kind of the the blue blood within the conference and they had some struggles at the beginning of the year but they're right back in there diamond miller is going to be a a top pick in the WNBA draft uh this spring and then illinois is just in the middle of this crazy turnaround out, out of absolutely nowhere they were one of the bottom teams in the big 10 last year and they're 16 and 4 this year and Michigan was up there last year. They lost Nas Hillman to the WNBA, but they haven't missed a step. And uh, until last night against uh, Indiana, they were right there with everybody. They were number 13 in the country. So there are six teams that are kind of fighting for it right now at the top of the conference. And 
those six teams are going to be squaring off with one another the rest of the way. IU has Ohio State. Maryland and Michigan play on Thursday as well. IU has a couple games against Iowa left. The, the regular season ends with IU versus Iowa. And there, so there's a very real chance that game is like a de facto conference championship game at the end of the season. So it's a really exciting time. Lots of really, really good players. And as you said, women's basketball in the Big Ten is absolutely on the rise. Is Caitlin Clark player of the year right now? In the country or in the Big Ten? Both. Uh, in the Big Ten... I do legitimately think it's kind of a toss-up with her and Mackenzie Holmes. In the country, it's Aaliyah Boston at uh, South Carolina. South Carolina is just kind of this step above everybody else. It, it's unfair when you watch them versus what everybody else is doing. Caitlin Clark's in the kind of conversation of the best of the rest, but if you look at the polls and you look at South Carolina's schedule, they just absolutely maul everybody. So they're 20-0. They've played every top team around them and just are this well-oiled machine that can't be slowed down, and Aaliyah Boston is leading that. But Caitlin Clark is, I mean, as exciting, certainly, as any player in the country and a joy to watch. When she has it going, she's pulling up from the logo, and she's getting triple doubles, and she's unlike few people we've ever really seen in women's basketball. I'd say first, see – where the nearest good Big Ten team is to you if you're not watching women's basketball right now because, one, there's probably is one good to you if you close to you if you live in Big Ten country, and two, it's at a point right now where it's not like if you're picking the fourth best Big Ten team, you're picking a team that has games where it's like just definitely going to lose. Everyone's competing here. But aside from that, you mentioned already a lot of games. What are the next ones? Like the, the next most important game, like the next yeah. – yeah. The so IU versus Ohio State on Thursday, mm -hmm. Maryland versus Michigan on Thursday as well. Those are going to be the big ones. Iowa's back in action this weekend against Nebraska, who was ranked coming into the season. They've been a little bit disappointing, but it'll be on Thursday. Those will be the big ones. Uh IU versus Ohio State's a a top six matchup, and then Maryland and Michigan still a top twenty-five matchup in itself. Big Ten is dominating on both sides right now in the college basketball world. It's going to be a really fun finish to the conference season. And, of course, we've got conference tournaments to get to and that NCAA tournament that nobody can seem to be able to win coming up at the end of the year as well. It's going to be a whole lot of fun to cover it on both sides. And on the women's game, it's never been more exciting to be a Big mm -hmm. Ten fan or follower. Jacob Rood with Locked On Hoosiers is covering a couple of pretty good basketball teams, both men's and women's, and we'll have it for you on the podcast every single weekday. Jacob, thank you again for taking time to talk to us here on Locked On Big Ten. As always. Hey, thanks again to Jacob Rood for joining us here on the program. Before we wrap things up, a look at everything going on first in recruiting, and then a quick note on something I found from Reddit that maybe can give us some projections as to how the Big Ten basketball season is going to play out. We'll get to that in a second. But first, a look at some of the commits from around college football and really only the Nebraska Cornhuskers to talk about here. They picked up three guys from the 2023 class. So the class is close to getting finished up here. Of course, still some stragglers who have not committed. Three different players committing to Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers, starting with three-star athlete Demetrius Bell. He commits to Nebraska out of the 2023 class, as does a couple of players out of Texas from the same school, unranked Texas wide receiver Jeremiah Charles, 
commits alongside his teammate, three-star tight end, Ismael Smith-Flores, six foot five, out of that same school. Three commits for Nebraska, helps Matt Rule put together his class as he starts to shape his first look at what that first year at Nebraska with him at the helm is going to look like. We'll, of course, be looking forward to seeing exactly how he tries to take his shot at turning that program around. But, of course, as has happened before, some nice recruiting, at least, notes from the new Nebraska coach. The other thing I mentioned that I wanted to bring up here really quickly, a chart I found on Reddit where a user went through and projected the rest of the Big Ten season and then the Big Ten standings based on where things are at now, but then also factoring in the projected results of the rest of the remaining schedule. Now, this doesn't, I don't think, use any sort of new advanced metrics. I think it's just putting together the projections that are easily found online on, like, say, ESPN or any other site where they have percentages and guesstimations as to how teams are going to finish. So where does at least that, combined with some simple math, put all of the Big Ten teams at the end of the season with where things are currently at? Well, of course, the biggest favorites are the Purdue Boilermakers. They have at least, according to the chart, a 90% chance of finishing atop the Big Ten. Here's the top five, because I don't want to get too numbery here. Purdue, Rutgers at number two, Illinois three, Indiana four, and Iowa there at number five, which is not super surprising. Good teams there, but of course, then you leave out teams like uh, an Ohio State, which of course struggling right now, a Maryland struggling right now, a Michigan State still struggling right now, but also way down at the bottom, you have a team like a Wisconsin, which this chart projects out to finish at 12th in the Big Ten. Now, there's also a whole bunch of variables here, too, and a whole bunch of different outcomes. Like, for instance, when you get to the middle of these teams, there isn't anyone who's really favored to finish all that far up or down uh, the chart compared to each other spot. Like, uh, uh, for example, Illinois has, according to this, about a 10% chance to finish third in the Big Ten. It says it also has about the same 10% chance to finish ninth in the Big Ten. So there's a lot of variable here, but this is just based on current projections. And the biggest, I think, at least standout number to me is that Rutgers at second place right now is projected at 40% to finish at second in the Big Ten. They have an easy schedule down the stretch. They're already at five and three right now in the Big Ten. And according to the projections on this chart, are projected to finish at about 12 and a half wins to seven and a half losses in the conference. They do actually put like decimals with the odds here. That's about two games clear of where number three, Illinois, and number four, Indiana are both sitting at, at about 10 and a half, nine and a half. So they're saying that Rutgers, at least what they have the rest of the way, is looking so easy that they're willing to say pretty confidently they're the team that's going to be the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, when you look at the way the standings are right now, there's no way you could even come close to putting that prediction together. Yes, Rutgers is currently second in the Big Ten, but you've got, what, close to 10 teams, if not more, that are within a game of that, and this is Big Ten basketball season in the last month of it. So if you're looking for one thing, if you're a Rutgers fan, to give you some hope, let that be it. The numbers say that according to what you've already done, 
and who you've already gotten to play against and gotten through. I mean, give them some credit. They're playing as second in the Big Ten right now, having already played Purdue, already played Indiana once, or, or, or already played Ohio State. Like, they've played good teams. This is a Rutgers team that's going to be able to have some easier games and is already looking like one of the better teams in the Big Ten behind Purdue, too. So when you put together the fact that they are actually good with the fact that they've gone through the gauntlet mostly in the Big Ten already, there's a good lookout there for Rutgers and Scarlet Knights. So biggest surprises, Rutgers at 2, Wisconsin at 12. Everything else is kind of standard. I, I Again, top five, Purdue, Rutgers, Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa. Let's look at just one projection for the rest of the Big Ten. By the way, at the very bottom, the only percentage that was bigger than Purdue's 90% chance to win the Big Ten was the 96% chance that Minnesota has to finish in dead last place, which we've been saying all along. That's just kind of where that Minnesota team is now. We'll be back here with more on Locked On Big Ten next time. Until then, Nate Dickinson with you every single weekday. We've got Big Ten basketball to recap tomorrow. And of course, anything else that goes on, we'll tell you about too. Until then, Nate Dickinson with you here. I'll be back next time with more. Follow along at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end, not T-E-N. And I'm at Nate with sports. Nate Dickinson with Locked On.